Amy, we've got a bunch of little nieces and nephews between us, but we've also got a catch-all gift that all of our siblings love for their newborns. You're totally right, and it's Pampers Swaddlers, because Pampers Swaddlers wick wetness away to keep babies drier and subsequently parents happier. Pampers Swaddlers absorb wetness better versus the leading value brand and provide up to 100% leak-proof skin protection and up to 0% skin irritation. Pampers Swaddlers are dermatologist approved by the Skin Health Alliance. They're hypoallergenic and they're free of parabens and latex. Now you can try Swaddlers with new Pampers Free and Gentle Wipes for healthy baby skin. These wipes won't tear. In fact, they grip mess, shall we say, more firmly and clean better, leaving baby skin dry, soft, and smooth. For trusted protection, trust Pampers, the number one pediatrician recommended brand. Download the Pampers Club app today and earn Pampers cash. Redeem your Pampers cash for exclusive Pampers coupon savings and rewards. Only redeemable via Pampers Club. Pampers Cash has no cash value. Welcome to Ask Margaret from What Fresh Hell, laughing in the face of motherhood, answering your parenting dilemmas one question at a time. This week's question comes from Rhea, who asks, how do I deal with a four-year-old that is afraid to go to any doctor's office? Oh, Rhea, I've been there. It's not easy. As a kid, I had extreme doctor phobia. And in August, we would go away to my grandma's house for the summers. And I remember in August, I would start to worry about the back to school physical. Like I was almost obsessed with it. We had to get shots and give blood. And I would just start obsessing about it, basically. And I was older than four. I was definitely like eight, nine, 10 when this was happening. And my kids now, especially in the time of coronavirus, one of my kids had to go for a test early on when they were still doing what we called the brain scraper, where like they would put the Q-tip up your nose and into your throat. Since then, they've kind of, I think, figured out that maybe they don't need to go quite that far. And now it's like a Q-tip in the nostril thing, but it became kind of an obsession of like, what if I have to get another coronavirus test? And this is a dilemma. I think in certain degrees, this is not entirely fixable. And it's something that you just have to talk about with your kid a lot. I went to the whattoexpect.com blog, and they had some good tips, which I'm going to share with you as well. These helped me as well. I mean, the number one top of the triangle issue here is communication, not dismissing the concerns as like, don't be silly, you have to go to the doctor, trying to dial in with your kid a little bit and trying to find some solutions that make this easier. But I want to be clear that I'm not trying to get to your kid will skip off to the doctor happily because doctors are kind of scary. Sometimes it involves painful things and kids are right to be afraid of the doctor. It's a person they don't know that well. It's a very kind of vulnerable and intimate relationship with someone they don't know that well, which is scary for kids. And then there's the shots and blood draw aspect, which can be really traumatic. And so we start with understanding that and then we dial in on how we can help a little bit. One of the things that the What to Expect blog talks about, which I like a lot, is timing. So I have learned over the years with my kids not to spring any information. So if we have a doctor's appointment, we talk about it a month beforehand, a week beforehand, then the morning before school, because the last thing I ever want to do is say, we have to go to the doctor in five minutes because I know that's not going to go well. Another thing what to expect suggests is alerting the staff. And I think this can be a little as um, Amy's grandma says, tweet, tweet. Like you might feel a little bit like that mom calling ahead and saying, you know, I've got a kid who's 
really, really anxious. But I think it helps to give the doctor's office a heads up and say, listen, we're coming in and we might need a little extra help with this one. I think the doctor's office generally will be, especially a pediatrician, they're going to be responsive to that. Watch making promises you can't keep. So you don't want to tell your kid, this is no big deal. It won't hurt. There's not going to be any shots. And then, you know, swoop in comes the doctor with a huge needle. So I think it's fair to talk to kids and say, yes, this is scary. The shot, it hurts. You know, I've had the conversation with my kids on a one to 10. It hurts like a six. It's a pretty big owie, but it's short. And how we're going to do it is you're going to bring your favorite stuffy with you. You hug it as tight as you can and the shot will be over before you know it. So you have to offer them some sort of control, even though they don't have a ton in that situation, something that they can do to feel better. I'm not against a little bribery where you say, you know, after the doctor's office, we'll go get ice cream. That's what we do. Our our doctor's office is near an ice cream shop and that's the deal. You're going to get a little ice cream afterwards because it can be an unpleasant experience. Watch always, and you're probably not doing this, but I guess... You know, I've been tempted sometimes when my kids are, you know, I think kind of lazing around or faking it a little bit. What, do you want to go to the doctor? You'll have to go to the doctor if you're really sick. Watch using the doctor as a threat. It's tempting to do sometimes and it works against you in the long haul. Another thing with what to expect is finishing up with praise. And this is, you did so well. You were so nervous about this. And I was so impressed. You were such a big girl. And I know it was hard. And there were a lot of tears. And it's okay to have tears because that was a scary, maybe painful experience. And leaning into what a good job they did. And then you can dial that back. I mean, you're in this for the long game. You have a four-year-old. You've got at least, you know, 14 more years of yearly physicals at best. And so you want to build on the positive experiences. I have my kids, I have three of them. So the siblings, sometimes I will enlist their help with this. Let's talk to older brother about how it was for him. And if sometimes if he says to sister, you know, the shot really hurt. But by the time I was done with my ice cream, I wasn't even really thinking about anymore. That can help that like a peer experience, a sibling experience is maybe a little bit more meaningful than a parent who's saying it's all going to be okay and the child doesn't trust that that much. So one other suggestion from what to expect, which I like, books about going to the doctor. There's plenty of them. Toy doctor kits. Finding ways when you're not at the doctor to make the doctor seem a little bit more approachable. And, you know, oh, teddy bear has a sore arm. What what do you think he needs? Oh, he needs a shot. Oh, how are we going to make him feel better? And involving your kids in the world of the doctor. So it's not that scary feeling of the adults are dragging me to this place where scary and painful things happen. I think that's really your best shot. You're going to make it better. You're not going to make it perfect. You know, I mean, do you still, do you like going to the doctor? Do you like going to the dentist? I certainly don't. But, you know, it's something that we have to do for our health. And so we just help bring our children there by saying, we're with you. We have a plan. We've got a great plan for ice cream afterwards. And within that, we're going to survive this experience. And we're going to look back and say, remember what a great job you did last time? We can do it again. Raya, I hope that helps. If you have a question for myself or Amy, you can submit them to questions at whatfreshallpodcast.com. Or if you're not in our Facebook group, you definitely should be because people are always helping each other with their questions there. That's at facebook.com forward slash whatfreshhealthcast. And you can join the group and community from there. And we look forward to talking to you next time. Thanks for listening.
Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy.